I am with you always until the end of the age. It's interesting that Jesus tells us that because today we are celebrating the ascension, where he ascended up into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. So if Jesus is going to heaven, how is it that he's staying with us? I am with you always until the end of the age. We might think, well, maybe it's kind of like how when a family member can't make it in for the holidays, we we remember them and uh, maybe they gave a message or something or call them on the phone and have like this group call or something like that. What Jesus means by this is actually much more profound and much more real than that kind of presence, the presence from afar. The kind of presence he's talking about is it's a presence of much more, um, much greater intimacy, much greater closeness. There's many ways in which the Lord is still present with us today. When we gather in his name, we can encounter him. When we pray with sacred scripture, we can encounter him. When we are um, doing many things, we can encounter him through daily life as we're open and prayerful. But what I would like to focus on with regards to him still remaining with us is how he remains with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Holy Eucharist. How he's still with us in this special way, this unique way, where it's not just a spiritual presence, but his physical presence too. And we might wonder, well, like, how do we know that it's really Jesus? Because it still just looks like bread and wine. Well, we know this from what God has revealed to us, what he has shared with us through sacred scripture. We hear about how at the Last Supper he said, this is my body, this is my blood, and this is Jesus, the same God who said, let there be light and there was light. Even in the letters of St. Paul, especially 1 Corinthians, uh, we hear about this. And in the Gospel of John, when Jesus talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, how would that be possible? Well, in the Eucharist, it makes sense. So there's a scriptural basis for this belief. But there's also a greater understanding through the early Christians. One of the ways we can tell that we're understanding Scripture correctly is what did the early Christians believe? What did those who were alive at the time of the authors of sacred Scripture believe? And what we would discover is that they believed that the Eucharist is really Jesus. And we can also look at the official teaching of the church. We can look at catechism after catechism through the centuries, and we would see the same teaching being consistent throughout. But still, it can be hard for us to believe. For some people, they don't actually believe in the real presence until they encounter the Lord themselves in prayer, which is easier to do if we're spending time with the Lord in the Eucharist and adoration. But it's not always easy to encounter him that way either. Not always easy to know from that prayerful experience. The Lord knows that it's difficult to believe, but he wants us to believe. He wants us to exercise our faith in what he has revealed. And so he also makes it easier by giving us additional evidence in what's called Eucharistic miracles. Now, maybe you've heard of that term before, maybe you haven't. 
In one sense, at every Mass, there's a miracle taking place already, and that is that Jesus Christ is truly present in the Eucharist, that what once was bread and wine becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. But when we say Eucharistic miracles, we're talking about a miracle on top of that one, in addition to that one, something that we can't really explain through science, something we can't understand except as miraculous. My favorite kind of Eucharistic miracles would be the ones where the host, after consecration, starts to bleed human blood or becomes human flesh. This has actually happened over 33 times and has been investigated by the Catholic Church and approved for our belief. Um, In some of these cases, after the host becomes human flesh and blood, there have been medical analysis that has taken place to investigate. Well, is this really human flesh? Is this really human blood? And what can we know about this flesh and blood? Well, in those analyses, they've discovered that it's always AB positive, which is a very rare type of blood, also the universal receiver. And when it becomes human flesh, it's always mitocardium tissue of the heart, the heart muscle tissue that does the pumping of the blood. And in some of these analyses, they've also looked into what was the condition of the person at the time, and they would discover that uh, this person was under great distress, as if they were on the verge of death. And all of that may sound incredibly strange or interesting. I know it certainly interests me, but it makes sense in the context of the Eucharist. Because the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. It is our spiritual nourishment. And so it's how we keep this mystical body of Christ that is the church alive by being nourished by the Eucharist. It's kind of like the blood of a body being pumped through, going to each and every cell, providing what it needs, but also taking away some of the toxins. Because with the Eucharist, we also have the forgiveness of venial small sins. In the context, we can also have an idea of what the Eucharist is, that it's the heart of Jesus, where the heart represents the whole person, so we know that it's really him. Additionally, this person that's under distress on the verge of death that makes sense in the context of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That the Eucharist is that sacrifice we already believe. But for him to make that more clear in this way. In fact, the most famous of these kinds of Eucharistic miracles is Lanciano, Italy, uh, which took place in 750 AD. And 1,250 years later, in 1970, they did the medical analysis, and they discovered there's still white blood cells, which Anyone who's familiar with medicine would know that white blood cells die within about 15 minutes of being extracted from the person. And yet, this was 1,250 years later. And so these miraculous things help us to understand and believe the truth that has been revealed to us. That's not the only kind of Eucharistic miracle. There are other Eucharistic miracles, too, where the host would levitate or emit light Uh, or miraculously be preserved over hundreds of years without degradation and still smell like freshly baked bread, those kinds of miracles are worthy of note as well. Although, I already said, my favorite are the ones where it bleeds human blood and becomes human flesh. But these Eucharistic miracles help us to understand 
the truth of the Eucharist, that it is Jesus, that he is still with us until the end of the age in this mysterious and miraculous way. And we might think, okay, well, that's interesting, but what does that have to do with me in my daily life? The fact that the God of the universe loves you so much that he would not only give up his life on the cross, but create a way to still be present with you so that he can be intimately united with you in Holy Communion, so that he can give himself totally to you, body, blood, soul, and divinity, shows how much the God of the universe loves you. And God is love. And when we receive him, we become more like him. We become more loving if we recognize what we're doing when we receive him in communion. That love that God has is a healing kind of love. When we think about the wounds that we have, when we think about how we've been hurt over time, it's typically because someone didn't love us like they ought to. But those wounds of being unloved can be healed by love, can be healed by God who is love. We can have our pains of the past healed, a healing of the soul taking place, When we're aware, we're eager, when we're desirous of being united with God who is love, who gives himself to us in the Eucharist. And that love is a love that doesn't just fill and heal us, it can pour out into our other relationships. I mean, who wouldn't want to love their family better? Who wouldn't want to be able to avoid hurting each other more easily? This is life-changing. This is transformative if we let it be. But sometimes because of our lack of faith, sometimes because of our disinterest, sometimes because of our distractions, we miss out on all of these graces that God wishes to give us, this transformative love that he wishes to share with us. The God of the universe wants to make you the best version of yourself. He wants to make you a great and holy, loving saint. And that's possible through the sacraments. And in a very special and unique way, it's possible with the Eucharist. And so, brothers and sisters, let us consider the reality of God's presence in the Eucharist. Each one of these ways that I mentioned for us to understand that it's really Jesus can be a talk or a homily or multiple homilies in itself. But I've been told I preached too long already. So um, instead, we'll have a talk series on the real presence. Instead, we'll have a talk on how the biblical evidence points to the Eucharist that it's really Jesus. A talk on how the early church fathers, the early Christians, recognized that it really is Jesus. This father saying this, and this father saying that. And that points to, it's really him. A talk on how we can better encounter the Lord in adoration, in prayer, in Holy Communion, in the Eucharist a talk on how even the celebration of the Mass points to this reality by the different signs and symbols and things that we do. This will all be during June 7th through the 11th, when in addition to those things, we will also have the Vatican International Eucharistic Miracles of the World Display Board exhibit here at ICD, June 7th through the 11th. And so more information on that can be found in the bulletin, Um, There's also a giant poster board in the gathering space that details when these talks will be, when the exhibit will be open, so that you can have a greater understanding and appreciation of the truths of the faith that it really is Jesus, and he really does want to transform you and make you the best that you can be.
So let us take a moment to consider how we can better recognize and receive the true teaching that it really is Jesus in the Eucharist as we prepare to encounter him in the Most Holy Eucharist.